right here is everything you need. This ain't no get rich quick thing. Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Learn from the queen of crypto, your host, Naja Roberts, leading people out of financial slavery through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Learn to get left behind. Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is just a great day, and I don't do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way that you look at money and everything else around you. So ladies and gentlemen, today again is a beautiful day. It is Friday, March 17th, and I am en route to Chicago, Illinois for a event where I'm going to speak to a load of women, a lot of women, and it's called Limitless for Women. And uh, I'm excited about that. So that's why I am just ecstatic today. First, before we get going, I have some Cryptopians that are having birthdays today. We have Tony Chin. We have Karen Peak, and Adrian Monroe. To each of you, I want to say happy birthday to you that I hope that today your birthday is filled with all the love, joy, peace, and happiness you deserve on this day. If you are listening in today and you are a Cryptopian and you would like for me to actually give you a shout out for your birthday, please feel free to give me a text message and I will send you a birthday wish on your birthday. That number is 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373. I also would like to say happy Women's History Month to all of you women out there, and especially to those of you who are women that crypto. Today, I am honoring Rachel Wilson. She is a journalist, a public speaker. She is a podcast host. She actually writes for a lot of our newspapers, like the Times and several other ones. And uh, I had an opportunity to meet with her a couple of times for different events where we've both been on the panel to speak. And she is absolutely phenomenal. She has over 10 years of experience in writing about technology and has been covering blockchain and cryptocurrency in this space since 2017. Rachel is currently writing a book on enterprise blockchain. And I'm so super happy to actually be honoring her today for Women's History Month. And our quote for the day. You know, there is so much stuff going on, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even know what direction to come 
on a daily basis, but because there is so much great information and so many things that I need to share with you, I got to try to figure out what my angle is only because um, it's just so much going on. But our quote for today says, Bitcoin is a swarm of cyber hornets serving the goddess of wisdom, feeding on the fire of truth, exponentially growing ever smarter, faster and stronger behind a wall of encrypted energy. And that's literally what I'm feeling today. And that came from Michael J. Saylor. And uh, that's an incredible quote all in and of itself, just because there's so much energy in this space. I literally know that Bitcoin was built for a time such as this, and I'm excited about it. And so as we look into today's topic, we are going to just really delve in as to why Bitcoin is really hard money. And I'm going to tell you where that's coming from. My husband and I took some time out yesterday to go by the local gold shop just to kind of get a feel for what's going on and talk to some individuals that were behind the scenes there, behind the counter, try to look and see what types of gold people were actually coming in and buying and just really trying to probe around because we know people are pulling their money from the bank. And what we found out, ladies and gentlemen, that this small mom and pop gold store that we actually walked in was doing between $500 and $750,000 a day in cash. And we were, you know, again, probing around, trying to figure out exactly what people were doing in lieu of not putting their money in the bank found that a lot of people were putting it in gold and silver, which is absolutely what they should be doing and what we're doing as well. And just really trying to uh, really get a great understanding about what we need to do and just invoking a lot of conversation around that particular thing. And as we look at uh, Bitcoin specifically, and I want to say this before I go any further, all of the people behind the counter had Bitcoin. They were actually surprised to know that we were in the Bitcoin space. And I was just excited that, you know, these people that were selling gold to everybody actually had Bitcoin. And so we were all talking about the different ways by which we would transmit Bitcoin if in the event the internet goes out. And we had the conversation that I've had with you all all the time. If the internet goes out, which is most people's reason for not getting involved in Bitcoin, if the internet goes out, you won't be using your bank either. You won't be using the ATM machine and neither will they be opening up the bank to give you your funds out, ladies and gentlemen. So either way, you're in trouble. However, with Bitcoin, there is something called a ham radio. And literally, you can transact your Bitcoin and be on the blockchain and all of those things when the internet goes down. And so we're super excited about that. I am really hoping that, um, you know, that we, we're taking heed to some of the things that I'm sharing because this is absolutely no joke, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, things are happening behind the scenes. Individuals, and I'm going to say individuals because there was absolutely no one in that store that looked like me. And while we were there for about 45 minutes to an hour, uh, people were coming and going and coming and going. And I saw more cash across the counter buying uh, gold than I think I've ever seen. And so just really giving me a sense that we're in the right place, talking about the right thing at the right time, 
before something happens catastrophic. So when we come forward, we will jump into more. This is KBLA Talk 1580. More with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome forward. Welcome forward. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are at a juncture uh, in this banking thing. And so what I will say without getting too deep into uh, the whole background of the banking collapse that is happening, we have stated over and over again that we really feel as though they are choking out the cryptocurrency community trying to ensure that there are no real on-ramps for people in America to get into the Bitcoin space. And I think ultimately it is going to hurt our growth globally. Um, It's going to hurt our growth because eventually the United States is going to have to come around, but the rest of the world is going to be so far ahead of us. We're going to have to catch up. And so in that, there are these massive amounts of money that are being pushed to the smaller banks from the bigger banks to really help them sustain through these times. And we have yet to see what the interest rates are going to be. The interest rates affect the bonds. A lot of the banks have monies invested in the bonds. And those bonds are supposed to be safe. And they normally would be safe if the interest rates weren't so high. And so there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that we don't know. What I am knowing and have really, really paid attention to here uh, in the last couple of days is taking a look at history. And you all know I'm big at taking a look at history. And what we found was during the last bailouts and the problems that happened, um, there were some banks that were safe. And a lot of people are saying, you know, I don't really want to put all my money in Bitcoin, which I absolutely don't blame you. I don't have all of my money in Bitcoin. I maybe want to put some of my money in gold. That's a good idea. I'm putting my money in some money, my money in gold. But what banks actually fared through that 2008, 2009 collapse? And I'm just going to be quite honest and tell you all. Black banks did well during that time. Do you know why that is? That's because from what we can gather, black banks were not given out as much money to loan out. So they didn't find themselves in precarious situations. And so as we look to figure out who we should possibly be banking with during these times, I submit to you that we have a couple of black banks that you might want to Take a look at, do some research, see if they're over leveraged. There's some things you can call the bank and ask, um, you know, what's on their balance sheets. And you might have to get with one of the bigger bankers to talk about those things. But I think based on what I'm looking at is like our one United Banks there. It looks like they are absolutely doing well and are going to do well again because they haven't been given all the capital Uh, to to really put in a lot of those T-bills and T-bonds, all of that other stuff. And so uh, if I was to take a best guesstimate, that would be something that I would be interested in in a small way. And so again, not providing any financial advice, 
a couple of folks just asked me, and because we are going through this banking thing, and I think it is critically important that those of us that have monies in the bank that are, I don't even want to say over $250,000, because I do not feel like for the normal everyday people, if these banks go under, that they're even going to be able to honor the 250000 you may get a certificate or something of that sort in lieu of them selling off assets in order to uh, get depositors their money back. So with that being stated, um, you know, that's what I'm looking at as one of the best bets that I can see out there. And so um, as we look to figure out where to put our money, I know some folks are going to hold it under the mattress. I'm going to tell you that that's not safe. And if it, if you are doing those types of things, please make sure that you're not sharing with anyone that you're doing that because you become a target in the event that there is some sort of scarcity or, you know, there's some sort of, um, um, civil unrest and things of that sort. And, and people are needing money and needing uh, gas and all those sorts of things. So you want to be really careful about that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Bitcoin and Bitcoin being hard money and why we should really be looking to Bitcoin right now during these times. Money is technology, ladies and gentlemen, and technology is definitely taking over everything that we know right now. When we are, like right now I'm sitting in the airport and nobody has to be entertained in here because technology has taken over the minds of everybody. As I look out, uh, pe people everywhere are just totally engulfed in the technology that's in their hand, which is their cell phone. And Bitcoin is going to succeed because of the technology aspect. Um, instead of notes backed by government assurances, the money of the future is going to be and is right now computer code. And that is just a tool that helps complete the task more easily in this technology space. By that definition, money isn't just a form of payment, but rather one of humanity's great technological advances. Over the past couple of decades, Bitcoin the digital currency has actually grown and it has actually evolved to become an alternative kind of money. Some of us use this Bitcoin for everything. I've stated over and over again, we're saving Bitcoin as a store of value, but we're also using Bitcoin because velocity is important. If you're able to use it and it's scalable, it becomes of use. If everybody is holding it as a store of value and nobody is using it, the value of it will not go up. And so we understand that we have to use Bitcoin at some point. I just want our community to wait and allow other people to use it right now. And then we'll use ours a little bit later or do what we need to do a little bit later. For uh, something to, to be defined as money, ladies and gentlemen, economists say it should be durable and it should be portable. It should be divisible into smaller units and each unit should be acceptable as any other. And so that's why pennies are so uh, critical to the dollar being money because it's dividable into small parts. Well, Bitcoin is dividable into small parts too and it's called a Satoshi. We talk about every that every day. Uh, other proponents argue that Bitcoin meets these criteria and is in fact, very, very superior to fiat money. That, that's because it has value 
because we're all using it, because we're all buying it based on its value, and because um, it's, it's self-sovereign in its own way. And this is not something that the government uh, controls or tells us how much it's worth. It's really based on what the end user feels the value is of this thing. And right now, you'll see the price of Bitcoin is actually going up. And I really feel like it's all because people see the value and putting their money in something other than the banks right now. And again, with hopes that later down the line, it'll be worth more than it is today. So what inevitably happens in the technology of money is that the hard forms of money the ones where supply is more difficult to increase, end up holding their value better and drive all out softer forms of money. And um, that's just the way it is. And if someone wants to read a little bit more uh, from some economists that are talking about Bitcoin, you can go and read the Bitcoin standard. And it is a great read. And there's also a book should be out already, and I haven't yet got an opportunity to read it, but I know the guy that wrote the Bitcoin standard was in the process of writing the fiat standard so that you really understand what's going on. But today there is actually a rising number of investors and financial institutions taking notice of Bitcoin, obviously, and incorporating the first and most successful digital currency into their day-to-day -day operation. A lot of companies, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of religious organizations, a lot of schools have Bitcoin on their balance sheets and they're using it in their investment strategy. So money, that's harder to rock. And I just want to say Bitcoin is money that's harder to rock. It's right now, we're in a situation where our dollar is really shaky. Regardless of what you all feel, you know, the, around the world, everybody is thinking that our dollar is shaky. Or they're even saying, China's come out and outright said that our dollar is shaky. As investors debate the real value of this virtual asset that we are holding, it's worthwhile to actually revisit the Yap Islands and Micronesia, where people for centuries used rye and fey stones and they carved these stones 10 to 10, 12 feet in diameter and weighing up to four and four and a half tons as currency. They actually used this as currency. Then an American sailor came to Yap in 1871 and using Western tools easily cut new raw that helped them make a fortune because they were able to actually cut it up into smaller increments. But it devalued the currency in the process. And so, of course, when we print money over and over and over again, it devalues our currency. So uh, Yap Island's story illustrates the importance of hard money, which in this sense is something that is difficult to make more of. Money backed by gold is considered hard because there is only so much gold in the world and mining of that gold uh, is, and what's left is limited by extraction costs. Fiat money is soft because governments can print more money at any time. Our money is not backed by gold anymore. President Nixon took us off the gold standard in 1971, and you absolutely need to know that. So, ladies and gentlemen, this whole entire world has been living 
on a monetary system that is massively inflationary and therefore it compromises our ability to provide for the future. And we're seeing some of that happen again. Again, we saw it in 2008, 2009. We're seeing it again. So one of the reasons Bitcoin is growing in acceptance and in number of because of its function, people are now using it to perform uh, all sorts of different things. And I say Bitcoin is backed by social construct. There are so many different reasons. We have clients coming in off the street every day that are sending money back to their homeland. You also have people that are using Bitcoin as a store of value. You have people that are using Bitcoin for remittance. You have business owners that are accepting big, big businesses are accepting Bitcoin for payment. And so this thing is not going anywhere. Bitcoin is harder money than fiat money and even harder money than gold money because its supply is strictly limited. The digital currency governance model is structured, structured in such a way that changing the limit of the number of Bitcoins that can ever be produced will never, ever happen. Nobody can ever come in and alter it. 21 million Bitcoin is all that there will ever be. And the last Bitcoin will be created in the year 2140. And right now, over 19 million Bitcoin is already in circulation. So why am I screaming from the hilltops for us to stack as many Satoshis as we can? Because we may not be able to get a hold of an entire Bitcoin at some point. It is exceedingly unlikely that anyone uh, is going to be able to just own all of the Bitcoin because it's so widespread. And because we can break this Bitcoin down into a hundred million small parts, it really makes it easy for all of us to be able to participate. And I really feel as though that's what Satoshi Nakamoto was doing when he, she, or they actually created Bitcoin for us. So ladies and gentlemen, I am really excited about the fact that, um, that Bitcoin is considered a hard money. And so uh, new coins or new Bitcoin is created through these computational processes called mining. And we've talked about that before. And any, if any of you are new listeners, please feel free to go into our archives here at KBLA. Um, you can actually go to the website, kbla1580.com. Go through the archives. There are actually eight different uh, sessions that I did really explaining the basics of Bitcoin. And if you do need a basics Bitcoin uh, starter kit, please feel free to send me a text message to 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373. And I can get you a Bitcoin starter kit really to just kind of help you understand how to get started. But you can go back and listen to KBLA's broadcasting. We have eight days that are full of Bitcoin basics for beginners. And then we also have the Crypto Essential that's coming up. So we'll get into that. But um, so as you all know, as I just stated, there's over 19 million Bitcoins that are already mined. And they'll be producing every single 10 minutes all the way to the year 2140. But what happens is after next year, which is 2024, Bitcoin is going to have another halving. 
right now, every 10 minutes, there are 6.25 Bitcoin that are being created. When 2024 comes, which is every four years, it happened in 2020, there was a halving and it doesn't bother the price of Bitcoin per se. When I say that, I mean, if you were holding two Bitcoin, when it does the halving, you're not now holding four Bitcoin. All the halving is, is the amount of production slows down to create scarcity. So I hope that helps you really understand what it is I'm trying to say. And over the course of history, uh, Bitcoin has done relatively well about a year after the actual halving. I believe that this time is going to be different in 2024 because there are so many things that are in place that people are actually able to pay attention to and see. There's more people that are, are have opened their eyes to Bitcoin, all this stuff with FTX and now the stuff with the banks. People are getting into Bitcoin more now than ever. And so I really feel like the price is just going to be different this time around. And I think it's going to go uh, sky high and we're going to have more value for Bitcoin. And I'm just uh, as ecstatic as I can be based on what history has said about timing after the having to where we are right now. And so I'm excited about that and hope you are too. And so uh, as we get into um, learning about you know, what Bitcoin is really about on the technology side, public confidence is at an all-time high as it relates to Bitcoin. Even at the level of an individual consumer, inflation makes a difference. And although protecting the value of our financial assets against inflation might not be a major concern to you right now, in places where currency is um, very stable, fiat currency can be prone to failure. A simple proxy for the rate of a consumer adoption of Bitcoin in a given country is estimated uh, at one of the highest levels right now. And people are trusting Bitcoin more than they're trusting their government in a lot of different countries. And that's why I'm saying, you know, if the United States doesn't get on the stick, we're going to be behind the eight ball as it, come, as it comes down to the technology and the financial services that, um, you know, that can be had or, can be accomplished with Bitcoin. In Nigeria, and, and I'm looking at Nigeria these last couple of days, ladies and gentlemen, inflation is on the rise. Uh, unfortunately, they've got a lot of corruption happening in their government. Nobody trusts the banks. A couple of months ago, they weren't even able to get out of get their money out of the bank. And their uh, inflation is actually weakening the nation's economy and their Naira is not doing good. They have an E-Naira too, ladies and gentlemen. So that's their version of a centralized digital currency. And so Nigerian uh, citizens seek to have stable store of value. And so where we're buying Bitcoin for about $25,000 over in Nigeria right now, I believe they're paying $61,000 for a Bitcoin. And Bitcoin offers them some advantages for uh, for them, a lot of them travel abroad. Uh, we can and we can and they're trying to just a lot of them are just doing everyday purchases and they're able to use Bitcoin to do that. So Bitcoin is really becoming um, an eye opener for people in other countries and they're starting to get involved in it. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, if you have been dollar cost averaging with me, 
you are holding the currency that I believe is going to be the currency of the world at some point. So when we come forward after news, traffic and sports, we will get into what the market update is and what it looks like today. This is KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. Loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. All right, welcome forward, welcome forward. And now we are going to do our market update because there is so much going on in this space. Bitcoin today actually hit 27,000, but right now it is at 26,000. $525. $525. It is up in the last hour, 0.57%. In the last 24 hours, it's up 7.05%. And in the last seven days, it's up 31.83%. And so what I am going to say, because there is an article that I'm going to read in just a second that says Bitcoin is one. Uh, against the banks, but I'm going to get to that in a second. But Ethereum right now is trading at $1,723.40. It is literally up 0.50% in the last hour. In the last 24 hours, it's up 3.92%. In the last seven days, it's up 21.05%. As I look at the market cap, which I've been doing and watching since we've been in this whole banking debacle, ladies and gentlemen, woo, our market cap is now up to $1.12 trillion. And before this whole banking debacle started, so I'm going to just tell you like this, we're up $126 billion. That's the easiest way to explain this. There has been $126 billion that has rolled into the cryptocurrency market since the beginning of this first bank failure about a week ago. So this is actually incredible information, incredible news, because it is happening. And as as I look at all these other cryptocurrencies, as I go down, you know, they're all green because they do what? Follow the leader. And so we're not going to follow the leader. We're going to be the leader this time. And so we are in a position position that um you know bitcoin is winning and so this is a good time a good time a good space i'm super excited about uh what i'm seeing right now and so as i went to look for news today every single article was about the the price of bitcoin and how great it's doing and one of these says bitcoin is a clear winner of the u.s banking crisis the narratives all around these bank failures, stable coins, and interest rate hikes seem strong enough to propel the price of Bitcoin. And that is coming from Coindesk. And Coindesk is just saying, now today is March 17th, but that first uh, big, big bank that failed was Silicon Valley Bank on March 10th. And since the price of Bitcoin has been on a tear. In the early hours of March 10th, it was trading at around 19.6. Um, and then as soon as they made that announcement that, you know, the bank was collapsing and that the bank was going into FDIC receivership, people just started to 
purchase Bitcoin and purchase Bitcoin, it is up. And again, the value is based on what people actually feel is valuable to them or what's important to them. So if they didn't think it was value, not valuable enough, they wouldn't be buying it. In the, in the meantime, let's just go through this. Um, this narrative matters a lot, really, right now when it comes down to the price of assets. If you don't uh, understand what is going on, you definitely will soon, especially when Federal Reserve Jerome Powell said uh, that people's expectations of inflation have a real effect on inflation. And he's absolutely right. So um, his narrative is, I think he's going to be really aggressive. Honestly, I don't, I don't even know what he's going to be able to do because they're actually wrecking the economy. But um, it, it led his, his actions in the past and some of the things that are going on in the banking industry have led to this aggressive 35% uh, push. And people are really, really getting more confident about being self-sovereign. This is the first time in history that people are feeling as though they have to take their money and their fate of their money into their own hands. So given Bitcoin's history, the bank failure um, is real obvious here. At least three banks have failed. As we all know, both American and non-American are failing because it's not because of Bitcoin uh, it's it, because it's not because of Bitcoin that's good for Bitcoin's price. I'll just say it that way. Uh, a lot of people are saying that these Bitcoin was the reason why a lot of these banks went belly up. That's absolutely not the case. They're over leveraged. They haven't done a lot of things right. And actually, it isn't really clear right now whose fault it is. But we know it's not Bitcoin's fault. And the banks are failing due to insolvency. That has nothing to do with Bitcoin. So. Um, uh, Silicon Valley Bank actually failed due to an old-fashioned bank run, and we know that. But these other banks and some of the other things that are happening with their weaknesses and their balance sheets, their poor duration of risk management, and we are going to see more and more and more. They're taking loans, and they're taking bigger loans right now to try to bail out the banks. The banks are bailing out the banks with loans and all these other things. And how long is this going to happen? These are like, in my opinion, like some of the biggest Ponzi schemes. If you're giving money to another group of people with the money that's coming in from the people at the bottom, like literally this is a big Ponzi scheme happening right before our eyes. And we're in, we're in a, a crisis of confidence uh, in our leadership. And that's really, really apparent. And there's big wider risks that are happening. This Credit Suisse, you all probably haven't heard about the Credit Suisse, uh, just received 50 billion Swiss francs loan from Swiss Central Bank. And that bank is holding on by the hair of its chinny chin chin. And there are 11 banks that just injected $30 billion into California-based uh, regional bank, First Republic Bank. So, ladies and gentlemen, these cash injections, they got to come from somewhere. So when we talk about bail-ins, when we talk about uh, them utilizing depositors' money, so they're actually investing or they're loaning this money. It's our money that they're loaning. I know they say that they have reserves, and we made a little bit of a laugh about it the other day when we said, well, 
where are they getting all this money to give? And I had been screaming at the banks before because they had almost $30 billion in NSF fees. So I said, they're taking, they're definitely taking taxpayers' money, poor people's money, and injecting in because back again, Google it. You don't have to trust me. In 2020, prior to this COVID, they had taken $30 billion in NSF fees from people that didn't have money in the first place. So that's where maybe where they're getting this money from, a lot of it anyway. And so uh, our fractional reserve banking system is under stress and it is rising. The stress is rising, it's showing more cracks and more cracks. And ladies and gentlemen, everybody else is seeing the situation. I hope that you are really paying attention because the, this narrative goes exactly like this. As the banks fail, uh, please don't opt out of buying Bitcoin, opt out of a lot of the banking things. This narrative is going to be strong enough, in my opinion, to propel the prices. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a space right now where Bitcoin's price is thriving. Now, again, it is volatile. It goes up. It goes down. But what does not happen in Bitcoin are bank runs, bank failures, bail-ins, bailouts, none of that stuff happens in a Bitcoin space because it is 100% solvent because we are our own banks. And unless we do something to over leverage ourselves or loan out, loan out our Bitcoin, there's nothing that can happen to us. We can control our own money. When we come forward, this is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. <laughs> Now, let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. I wanted to just make sure, you know, that everyone is paying attention to the news and all of the things that I have been talking about. Just today, uh, the people in France have actually taken to the streets. They are protesting the age of retirement that has been changed. And as we know, when some of the banks and some of the other financial institutions are having a sort of a meltdown or closures, that has all to do with, in effect, the retirement funds that people uh, have in place. And so we just really want to be mindful and make sure that we're paying attention to all of these things. Again, they're on the macro, but we want to make sure that we understand what they could possibly mean for us here in the United States. And so as we move forward, I just wanted to share that we will be having a Crypto Essentials on uh, April the 8th, and we will also be having a Ledger and Me 123 coming up very soon, and we want to make sure that everybody has access to that. We are also going to be doing a Mission Critical uh, next week. I was going to wait for about two weeks, but based on what's happening with the banks, and based on what's happening with the stock market and retirement funds and things of that sort, it is really imperative that we really get together and everyone has in order what they need in order to make it past uh, the next year or two. And I think that there's going to be a lot of fallouts and things of that sort. And I really want to lay those things out. I want to give everybody steps uh, to let them know exactly what we need to be doing and how we need to be doing it. And I'm really looking forward to ensuring that our community has the best information. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, again, just be very diligent 
Uh, I will, in during this meeting, state approximately how much I'm suggesting that uh, I have in cash on hand, as well as what other assets we are actually making uh, ourselves safe with. And just after talking to some attorneys and different individuals this week, just making sure that all of our trust and all of those things are in order. So we're going to go over those things. And I am so looking forward to sharing them with you. Um, we will be doing that on the 28th. And so just stay tuned for that. I'll give you information on how you can sign up for that. The best bet right now is to go to meetup.com, meetup.com forward slash crypto plug. Again, meetup.com forward slash crypto plug. As you all know, again, I'm traveling to Chicago in the airport still right now and just really, uh, really paying attention to the news, the stock market and all of those things. And so it's imperative that we know exactly what steps we need to take. When we come forward, we'll do our daily dollar cost average. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe. You're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive and we don't black down. All right, all right, and welcome forward. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my favorite time where we get into our daily dollar cost average. But before we do, I want to say to all of you that are in Chicago, I'll be there this weekend for Limitless for Women. We are also, um, we're there. I'm going to be speaking. I'm going to be letting everybody know about this new cryptocurrency space and what they need to be doing to better themselves, because this is a limitless opportunity. I'm so excited about it. But we are also going to be hosting our Ledger and Me 123 next month in April, along with our Crypto Essentials next month. And I'm also at the end of this month going to have something ladies and gentlemen, where we are going to actually be able to delve a little bit deeper into the actual things that you need to be investing in. So when I say gold, we're going to break down the different types of gold and what is better for what it is we're trying to accomplish. We're going to look into Bitcoin. We're going to look at how the price of Bitcoin is going to uh, go up or down and what we anticipate the future to look like. So we're going to do all of these things, ladies and gentlemen, and I am so excited about you being able to be a part of that with me. And uh, we're also planning for the DFR tour. So you can always go to the DFRtour.com and you can actually see what we're doing for the Digital Financial Revolution Tour. We are ensuring, ladies and gentlemen, that we are on the right path in our community to make sure that our future looks a lot better than our past. And so with that, um, we are going to do our daily dollar cost average as we do all the time on our Black Wall Street wallet. Please take out your Black Wall Street wallet. If you have not done so, you can download it from your um, app store and we are going to click on continue. 
And right there on continue, which is the purple circle in the middle with the two arrows, we are going to buy, click on buy an asset. That asset is Satoshi's. Satoshi's is the smallest increment of a Bitcoin, just like a penny is the smallest increment of the dollar. And we are going to hit continue. I'm going to put it in my KBLA Talk 1580 wallet, $6 worth of Satoshi's today. A DCA a day keeps poverty away. And we are going to do that. And voila, I have purchased $6 worth of Satoshis. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all it takes if you want to start utilizing the law of saving. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about you. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening in today with me. I am your host, Naja Roberts. And I want to thank you for rocking with me on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. And we are making way right now for the D.L. Hughley Show, so please do not touch that dial. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here. I am excited because we are creating Satoshi Millionaires. That means you hold a million Satoshis, which right now is right around $2,250. So if you've passed that, you are already a Satoshi Millionaire. But we are creating Satoshi Millionaires from individuals that just want to start small and then have something later on in life uh, to be able to look back and feel like, you know, they did the right thing. So we're creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. You're listening to Naja Roberts on the head of the crypto curve. Please follow her on all social media platforms at Naja Roberts, no underscores, no dots, no numbers, just Naja Roberts. Let's close the wealth gap. It's our turn. Learn or get left behind. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.